Welcome to Ulcerative Colitis Autoimmune Healing Journey. I am Jay India and I am your journey guide and I'm so happy that we are healing together. We are building a nice little community which I have grown to love and appreciate so much because you've reached out to me and because you've reached out to me, you've given me tips and advice and it's just been amazing. So if you are a new listener, I am glad you are joining today. Today is episode 17, Ulcerative Colitis Diet Tips. And today is going to be a very general discussion of my experience of my UC diet. And I want to pass some hopefully sage words of wisdom onto you and make you think. So first, I just want to talk about a couple of my products. The first is I have a book by the same name, Ulcerative Colitis, Autoimmune Healing Journey, in my store, and you can see in the show notes, I have a link to that. This book is in PDF form, so what happens is, is you buy the book, you support the podcast, so it's uh, dual purpose, right? All the info is now on your phone, so it makes it much better because you don't have to search through episodes if I said an herb name or I said the name of some specific test or anything. You now have this book that you can carry with you on your phone. All the resources are there. And then I also have two meditations for sale. They are the Starseed Tennis Court Meditation and the DNA Master Switch Healing Meditation. So with the Starseed Tennis Court, it's all about when you take the gastrointestinal tract out of your system and you stretch it out, it's the size of a tennis court, roughly. And so I do a meditation on how to heal each part of that tennis court gastrointestinal tract. And then also with the DNA master switch, I teach you how to turn on that master healing switch for your colon and your gut and how that helps so much. Because when I do these two meditations, I always feel better. I feel better for several days, sometimes even a week, sometimes more. And it just calms me and puts my system into a peaceful mode, which we all need with IBD. And then also I have my free newsletter, which I am so excited about. I am starting that in October because I got into a conference and I have to focus on my book from now until mid September to pitch this whole book. So with the free newsletter, you sign up and then I will have something come out to you in October, which I am really excited about. Some really, I don't know what I'm going to do yet, but you let me know what you want, but definitely some really fun, but also something you don't get on this podcast. That's what I want to give you. I want to give you something extra. Okay, so I have an update, if you haven't seen it yet, from the Crohn's Colitis Foundation. Okay, so according to the Crohn's Colitis Foundation, they have leveraged a technology to invest in a smart pill that delivers medicine directly to diseased areas in the intestines. I find this really interesting because, you know, the way they're healing it now, or the way Big Pharma is healing it now, is through biologics. And again, we heard from Jillian Little that the biologics are wonderful and have been a godsend for many people, but for others, they get nasty side effects are extremely expensive, and you have to go in and you have to get the infusion. So I'm actually riveted by this pill. 
we will see. I think the pill sounds to me like a step up from Antivio. And I'm sorry if my dog is walking around. His name's Benny and he's just walking around my office, not caring that I'm podcasting. Okay, now he's done. (laughs) Also, researchers have made progress on a new blood test that predicts which IBD patients are at high risk of having multiple relapses within the following 12 to 8 months. They also led studies on how diet and nutrition can help you manage your IBD symptoms. I'm very excited about this one because finally we're starting to move towards more mind, body, soul, which makes me so happy. A lot of times, you know, you'll hear from at least my GI too, no, diet has nothing to do with it. Well, we all know that's bullshit because diet has a lot to do with it. I can't wait for the day where I go on to, you know, Crohn's Colitis Foundation or or even Big Pharma, and it talks about the emotional symptoms, the emotional trauma, when emotional trauma is stored in the body, how that causes IBD. So hopefully we are moving toward that. That makes me really happy. And then the last one is They advocated so that decisions about what medication you take remains between you and your doctor, not you and your insurance company. Again, I think these are all strides. If you read between the lines, they're trying to make things better, more accessible, and hopefully more affordable because as we talked about, the infusions of Antivio are just insane. As I told you in two episodes, it's thousands upon thousands of dollars. It's you know, pretty much what I pay in taxes for this house in New York that you have to pay over two months. So I'm hoping that we're working on the affordability of it all as well. I would like to say I am not a doctor or health professional in any way. So if you like what you hear in this episode, definitely consult with your doctor, your GI, your health professional, and get that professional opinion And uh, just make sure you're doing right by yourself, right? Because you don't want to dive into anything too fast. I am giving you my ulcerative colitis diet tips, and there's 10 tips. And these are the tips that I have learned for myself and that I'm going to pass on to you. And you have to realize that maybe not every tip resonates with you, where you say, you know what, I know better than that, or I'm farther along down the road. I respect all all of that. So I just have to repeat again, whatever resonates with you. And the power is in the research. So if I say something and you're like, well, I'm not so sure, let me check that out. Research it and make sure the power goes back into your own hands. All right. So tip one, UC diets are individualized. We need to get out of that Western mindset of, okay, a hundred people are sitting in front of us with UC then all those 100 people are going to get the same exact medicine and diet plan. No, that's not how it works. There was a forum, I talk about it a little bit in my book, where a researcher surveyed 400 people with IBD and asked about their diets and they had 400 different responses. It is all individual. It is an ongoing lifelong process to figure out your diet. And not to be a downer, but the body changes over time. One of my besties is 79 years old, and she has told me at your age, and I'm 44, she said, okay, this is how it was at your age, and then when I was 50, it changed again, and then I was 60. And so we have to realize that there may be a bit of a frustration 
factor in this of, oh my gosh, I got this diet down. It's been working for me for five years. Now my body changed again. So I just want everyone to realize that. And that's, that's common. But the good thing is if we're feeding ourselves correctly for us, right, for our individual selves, and we are in tune with our bodies, mind, body, soul, then we can make these adjustments a hell of a lot easier than other people who aren't in tune with their bodies at all. So that is the good news. Again, I just want to repeat what resonates with you is what resonates with you. So if let's say being a vegan really has helped your IBD, you take out all the meat, you take out all the dairy, and that has helped you so much. Awesome. Someone else may say, you know what? I cannot go near gluten. Meanwhile, I have gluten in my diet, not a lot, but I have a little bit of gluten in my diet. You know, I do have dairy in my diet. I do eat butter. I do eat ghee. So it just depends on what is right for your body. Also, another good example is I follow two Ayurvedic experts. Ayurveda is overall wellness, and that's put very simply. It is based on the traditions of the ancient Hindus and how they ate, and it sounds fancy and scary and everything. It's not. It's very overall wellness. I will get into Ayurveda in another episode, but I follow it closely. So these two Ayurvedic experts that I follow, for example, one says take gluten out of your diet permanently. The other one makes a really good case for not taking it out and to actually retrain your body to eat, not a lot, but some gluten. Because he talks about how in archaeology, some of these ancient civilizations, they have consumed gluten and glutinous grains, and they've been fine for years and years and years. And also, it's really interesting if you talk to people who remove gluten from their diet, and this happened to one of my friends, your mercury count often goes up. So then you start having problems with mercury. So, you know, these are just things to be aware of. Trust me, if you're celiac, you should not have gluten in the diet or gluten sensitivity. You know, I get that 100%. And in fact, right now, I'm actually experimenting with gluten-free products. So it's whatever resonates with you. Again, the example is these two experts. Well, I'm taking a little bit of both. You need to figure out what works for you at this moment in time. Number two, think about removing processed oils and refined sugars. So I just want to be clear, I eat fruit, which obviously is not a refined sugar. I eat fresh fruit, the ones that I'm able to consume. But the processed oils are the ones that are included, unfortunately, in everything now, even in ice cream and pretzels and gummy vitamins. They're putting these canola, corn, sunflower, safflower, uh, I know I'm missing one, soybean, all of these oils are highly processed. And here's the problem is even if they're labeled as organic, I have the worst problem with the organic ones. I really do. If I eat anything with one of these oils, I am sick for days. I have a migraine. It is just not good. And I know if I've eaten one, it just wreaks havoc on my body. And you can definitely research. There's a really good article by Chris Cresser. If you look up Chris Cresser, the last name is K-R-E-S-S-E-R, and he is 
the functional medicine god, he has a great article and it's um, something like industrial seed oils or why they're killing us. Just look up Chris Cresser industrial seed oils and you can read all about it. But the process these oils go through, they're heated to temperatures. They shouldn't be heated. They are bleached. They are totally refined chemicals and then put in our body because they're put in our food. So these oils, unfortunately, are also used in restaurants. So that cuts out a lot of restaurant eating. When I go to a restaurant, I will make sure it has a grilled fish option. I will make sure they have olive oil and that they have a brown rice option, for example, and see if they can really steam a vegetable for me and I'm good or roasted potatoes or roasted sweet potatoes that are not done in oil, just in an oven. I will ask if I have to, if the chef can use a clean pan with olive oil. I'll get more into restaurant eating in another episode, but that is one example. With the refined sugar, you guys know what it is. You don't need a lecture. I know everyone in the United States knows that processed sugar is terrible for you. That's pretty much all I have to say. I would even watch out for cane sugar, not saying it's processed, but just it's highly addictive, at least for me. Right now, I'm experimenting with things like coconut sugar and maple syrup. I personally don't do agave because it's too addictive for me. Again, if you can remove those processed oils and remove most of that refined sugar, with IBD, not only myself, but other people who've removed all this, leaps and bounds night and day. So really think about removing these things. But of course, research first before you do it and you know, make sure that it's the right choice for you. Number three, are you a moderate or addictive eater? So a moderate eater is someone who, you know, they just do the right portion, and maybe they go out every two weeks for a cup of ice cream and they're satisfied. They're not snackers. They don't need anything more. Even if they do snack, they're, they're fine with a handful of chips. They never go overboard. I have a friend like that who's amazing. To me, it's more than willpower. It's more about brain chemistry. And I'm sure if you look it up, that's absolutely what it is. Versus me, I'm an addictive eater. I don't look like one. So I'm deceptive because I'm not overweight. But let me tell you, you put chocolate ice cream in this house, you put a tub of, you know, the good organic natural chocolate ice cream, that tub will be gone in two days. You bring a pint of ice cream in this house, uh, chocolate mousse cake, I can't control myself. So I know that I have that quality to me where I'm an addictive or obsessive eater, and that's something I recognize. So there's certain things I just can't keep in this house. Because anything with a processed oil such as chips or popcorn or tortilla chips make me sick, they can be in this house because I'm so turned off by them at this point, I'm fine. My husband brought home Mexican food the other day. It was just reeking of processed oils and it didn't even smell like food to me. It smelled like chemicals. So that I could care less. If he left for a business trip and kept all that Mexican food, I would just throw it out. I wouldn't eat it. But again, as I said, if you bring chocolate mousse or chocolate mousse cake into this house, that is my weakness. I love the creamy texture of chocolate mousse. I love chocolate that's really hard for me. So I realize that I can't just have a little bit. I go overboard. In fact, why my voice is a little messed up right now, if you can hear it, which I'm, I'm sure you can, 
is because I made these amazing pear muffins, these gluten-free pear muffins sweetened with maple syrup and coconut sugar. If anyone wants a recipe, just DM me. It's not my recipe. <laughs> but um, So I made them for guests and for my husband, myself. And guess what? I got lazy. This will I'll talk about this a little later, but I got lazy. And I decided not to cook the vegetables I was supposed to. And I ended up eating, I mean, seriously, like six muffins. They're not huge, but still six muffins over the course of two days. So three muffins a day. And guess what happened? Now I can feel it in my throat because it was too much sugar and blah, blah, blah. So I need to learn how to (laughs) be more moderate because when I like something, I love something. And if you're like that, then beware of what you bring into the house. Number four, this follows suit of what I just said, is I cannot splurge anymore. I wish I could if I splurge, even on vegetables, you guys, even on braised vegetables just with some salt and some Ayurvedic spices, I still will get acid reflux. So I can't splurge anymore and my body doesn't allow for it. I don't know if you guys are the same way, but you know, you see your friends go out and you go out to dinner and they're having three beers and two margaritas and they have the dessert and they can splurge and they're like, oh my gosh, I have to loosen my belt buckle because I ate so much. I can't do that anymore. My body completely rejects it and I will have horrendous acid reflux for days. I mean, all I ate was gluten-free muffins with coconut sugar, and not a lot, by the way, and maple syrup, and not a lot, by the way. In fact, the woman who we're friends with tasted the muffin, and she said, oh, I really like this. This isn't sweet at all. So not a lot, and I still got the acid reflux. That's how sensitive I am. You may be like me, where you just have to give up overindulging and splurging. Number five, do you like to cook or not? (laughs) (laughs) This plays big into IBD because I I am not a natural cook. I've come leaps and bounds, but I am not a natural cook. I have to really push myself. I have to be really excited about a recipe. If you are someone who loves to cook, you are miles ahead of the rest of us. You are way ahead of me because you love to cook so you can experiment with different recipes and different vegetables and all these good anti-inflammatory foods, right? You can do that. Whereas with me, I can do that, sure, but it's not something I love and enjoy and as a hobby and I just want to kick back on a Friday night with me and my husband just cooking up a storm. No, we don't do that in this house. <laughs> in this house, we're more into the Netflix and the sitting on the porch and the reading a book and that type of thing. So with me, what helps me is honestly one of the biggest, the purchase that has helped me the most in cooking, and I'm actually buying one for my dad for his birthday, is an air fryer. If you don't have an air fryer, go on Amazon, get one right now, because that makes your life so simple. All you do is throw in some raw chicken and just like hit the chicken button, and it's done in 25 minutes. You don't have to do a thing. That's it. That's how simple it is. And all you have to do is clean it. You know, how, how simple is that? Right. So you can do anything in there, vegetables and all sorts of things. So I highly recommend an air fryer. 
don't cook steak in there and I wouldn't cook fish. We had disasters with steak and fish, but besides that. And if you're like me, just keep to simple meals and snacks, just really simple meals and maybe a snack that you can eat at a gas station, just one thing you can eat if you could find something. And my meals are very simple. You know, my meals are, okay, for breakfast, what I had was two scrambled eggs. I cooked it in ghee or clarified butter. And then what did I put on it? I put on Ayurvedic spices, which I'm going to talk about them later, or Indian spices to help digest and they're anti-inflammatory. And that's it. That's all I ate. I I guess I'm not a big eater, but (laughs) that's all I ate. I just keep everything simple. I never understand these people who go out to the restaurants and I see them order oatmeal and they have the raisins and the brown sugar and the cranberries, you know, the dried cranberries and then coconut flakes. And I'm like, ew, that's nasty. Why are you putting all that on your oatmeal? I'm not that girl. I'm someone that if I have oatmeal, I don't even put honey in it. I just have some almond milk and that's it. So I guess I'm really simple that way. But I think making things simple helps those of us who are not natural cooks. And quite frankly, most of the time see cooking as a chore. I am getting better. I am embracing cooking more. Number six, research Ayurvedic spices. All right, so I'm going to give you the spices and tell you what I use them for. And it sounds scary. It's the easiest thing in the world. And I guarantee you, you have either all of these spices or almost all of these spices already in your kitchen. Cinnamon, turmeric, and ginger are the main ones. And why are they so great? You guys know they're anti-inflammatory. And if I were to say, okay, here's one common theme of all of our diets to feel better, make sure you're eating anti-inflammatory foods. And they may be different from one person to another because, you know, you'll see a lot of conflict with white potatoes. Oh, they're inflammatory. They're not inflammatory. They're this, they're that. I do well with white potatoes, but some people don't. And especially if you're on the diabetic or pre-diabetic spectrum, you don't. So we want to eat as anti-inflammatory as we possibly can. And the Ayurvedic spices really help. So again, cinnamon, turmeric, and ginger are what I put on a lot of foods. If I'm making a sweet food, so for example, at night, I heat up, well, I'm experimenting with heating up raw milk, which is unpasteurized milk, which I know some of you are like, "Uh uh-uh, hell no, am I going to do that? Which totally, again, understand it. There's a lot of Ayurvedic evidence for raw milk having the enzymes and the good probiotics that your body needs. And I'm lucky because I live in a state where it is legal to sell raw milk. So I do actually do that and they sell it 15 minutes from me. So I'm very lucky about that. So I'll heat up raw milk on the stove in a little pot and I put in cinnamon, turmeric, ginger, and cardamom. So cardamom is spelled C-A-R-D-A-M-O-M, cardamom. And that's an Indian or Ayurvedic spice that tastes delicious. You cannot put a lot of it in with turmeric. I I think you guys are really familiar with turmeric. It does stain, it's orange, and you cannot put a lot of it in or it will ruin a recipe. I am always very heavy-handed on the cinnamon. I love cinnamon so much and it's so anti-inflammatory. I just love it. But yes, so if I have a sweet recipe, I'll put in the cinnamon, turmeric, ginger, and cardamom. If I have a savory recipe, let's say I'm making a chicken 
or if you're vegan, you're making vegetables, I'll put on cinnamon, turmeric, ginger, cumin, and coriander. And I have to say cumin just a little bit goes a long way. Do not put a lot on. I did this the other night with, I think they were chicken thighs and my husband smelled it cooking in the air fryer and he's like, "Uh oh, what did you put on? Cause he's not so into it. And he tasted the chicken. He said, this is absolutely delicious. So again, those savory spices are cumin and coriander. Cumin is spelled C-U-M-I-N. And I just want to say that make sure you research all this because some people with, for example, gluten intolerances or allergies, some of these spices actually are made in places that are in gluten facilities. So I've heard of people actually having a bad reaction to spices. So make sure you're researching all of this, especially if you have something like celiac in that you're getting these spices from the right place. Number seven, I make everything mushy. What does that mean? Braised vegetables, soups, stews, oatmeal. Here's how I think of ulcerative colitis. So we have ulcers on the inside of our colon. So the only way we can see them is through a colonoscopy, right? That makes sense. If we had these ulcers on, let's say our arm, right? They would look like tears or scrapes. Would you go around and put on salt and put on anything that would hurt it? Would you take a tortilla chip and something that's really hard and dig into it to scratch it? You absolutely wouldn't. If you think of it that way, that's what's happening when you eat things that are number one, inflammatory, and number two, they're hard, they're crispy. And I love all that stuff too, but that's something that I've really pretty much given up because it's just not worth it to me. Right now, unfortunately, I can't even do well with nuts at the stage I'm in, so I stay away from nuts as well. And I was experimenting with nut butter and I can have a little bit, but not much, and cashew butter... I just can't have it all. But that's a whole nother story. <laughs> my liver does not like cashew butter. But my whole point is that everything I eat is mushy. The, the vegetables are always cooked to the point of mushy. The soups are mushy and wet and thick. And if I put meat in there, that's mushy too. Everything is mushy. Oatmeal, I'm going to make muffins again today with pear slices, right? Those pear slices are mushy. Everything, not everything, but a lot of things I consume have that mushy quality. And that has really helped too because I feel like my colon really appreciates that because I am not, again, if you think of them as tears or scrapes, these ulcers, I am not digging into it. Number eight, don't overwhelm yourself. I've done it so many times where you are just going down every rabbit hole. My husband the other night had to take the phone from me at 10 p.m. He's like, you've got to stop looking this up. This is like crazy level because <laughs> I was looking up something all day. So I'm the person who will do this whole deep dive into research, which is great, but you also have to know when to stop because sometimes when we binge things too much because we've gotten into this culture, including me, by the way, of binging TV and binging, you know, all of that, right? Binging YouTube, the whole nine, binging podcasts, I do that too, that we stop absorbing the information we need to. And sometimes we need to stop absorbing information. So we have a second to think and go through that critical thinking process of, okay, I just heard all this information over two days. 
Let me see what direction I want to go in. Let me really figure out what resonates for me. Journaling can be a good idea, just sitting peacefully, meditating, or just writing, or whatever you want to do to figure that out. But definitely, you know, stop going down rabbit holes. I do it all the time, and I have to remind myself. (laughs) This is one of these situations where I'm giving the advice, but I'm not taking the advice, right? Number nine, beware of following trends and diets to perfection. It can be mentally damaging for you. I just read this book where these two women talked about people they've worked with with thyroid disorders and they've come to them after being on these strict elimination diets and they're extremely depressed and they are in way worse shape when they're eliminating all of this food for long periods of time. I personally think, and you'll see a lot of studies that support what I'm about to say, that these elimination diets are good for a short amount of time. And that's what they are intended for. And then when we take them to that nth degree, that's when problems start to happen. I mean, I can't imagine, probably there's been reports of eating disorders. I'm sure there are. I'm just not you know, fully aware of it from all of this, right? From just trying to figure out what to eat because it is confusing and it is frustrating and the whole thing. And then you just keep eliminating and eliminating And food is a big part of our life. I don't care where you live in the world. Food is a big part of a human's life and enjoying food is a big part. So if you, you know, decide that one of these trends or diets works for you, I think that's great. But really think about if you want to follow it to perfection Because most of the time, as Jillian Little said, she came on the episode before and she talked about how you will set yourself up for failure. And she's an autoimmune coach. She knows this. She's had so many clients do this before. I do that, you know, where I'm like, I'm going to do this diet. I don't do it anymore, but I used to in the past. And I'm going to be a vegan and I'm going to be this and I'm going to be that. And I've set myself up for failure. You'll find that, you know, for example, with the veganism, which I understand some people do it for humane reasons. Some people do it because it really resonates with them. It just works for their body. I think that's wonderful. But for some of us, for me, for example, veganism doesn't work. But for some of us, it, it does work most of the time. I know people that call themselves a vegan sometimes. And they eat vegan 80% of the time. And the rest of the time, they splurge. That's fine. You know, you have to figure that out. I'll give you an example with... Um, the medical medium, Anthony Williams, he says that eggs are bad for the human body. Personally, I disagree. I eat eggs. Eggs sit well with me. They digest well. I have a good reaction. Again, they're smooth. They're mushy. My colon likes them. He also says that celery juice, if you drink a lot of it, it will clear out your system and cleanse you. Now, I've heard of people having success from this. For me, celery juice is the same reaction as alcohol. It sits on the sink trap of my stomach. Imagine like a kitchen sink and that trap, that's where alcohol or celery juice sits. It just sits there and it's this uncomfortable, weird feeling, not even worth it. So I don't deal with celery juice. I don't like it. However, the medical medium also says that cashews the liver cannot process. You should not have cashew butter or cashews. I agree with him for me because I do not have a good result when I eat cashews, especially cashew butter. My liver cannot process it. 
So again, like let's say that I wanted to really follow a lot of what Anthony Williams says, you can already hear that maybe I'd be following 60% of the diet or 70% of the diet, but I'm not following all of it. So just make sure that even if something really resonates with you, paleo, autoimmune, uh, an elimination, whatever it is, just make sure that you follow it the way that is best for your body and look at it from a mind, body, soul perspective. Number 10, it may take years to eliminate foods and that's okay. With sugar, I'm still working through it. I'm still trying sugar in every which way, or at least, you know, with the the maple syrup and the coconut sugar and the whole thing, right? I'm still doing it. I'm still trying to figure out if I can be that moderate eater with sugar. Yesterday I wasn't, the day before I wasn't, but I'll tell you this, I've come leaps and bounds from a year ago, or even hell, even two years ago, even five years ago. I can tell you right now, I eat probably 90% less sugar than I did, I'm going to say, two years ago. So I've come leaps and bounds, and maybe I can get to that moderate place I'd like to get to because I'm a human, and I want to celebrate with friends and the holidays, and I don't want to never have sugar again. I'll just be honest with you. So that's something that I am trying to figure out. Now, with the processed oils, it took me a good year to finally get them out of my system. How did I get them out of my system? I kept getting sick, and I kept getting sick, and I kept getting sick, and finally I got sick of getting sick. Finally, I was like, I'm done. I'm effing done with all of this because every time it puts me down for a migraine and I miss, you know, I literally miss days that I could have worked on podcasts and everything. And I was done at that point. So it may be that with you if you're like me. You know, it may be like, okay, I can't get sick from this one more time and then you're done and then you're not looking at it again. And I can say that I'm done. But it may take years. And again, with the sugar, it may take a long time. It may take until next lifetime. (laughs) I don't know. But I hope you enjoy these tips today. I just want to remind you that, you know, if you have any tips for me or you want to hear anything on this podcast, uh, I'm happy to cover any topic you would like. Just DM me at two inches off the ground. Definitely follow me and then DM me. And by the way, if you don't want to follow me permanently, DM me, then unfollow me. That's fine. I'm just saying that I don't see these messages when you don't follow me. So that's the issue. Um, So if you want to send me a message, unfollow me, go with God. That's fine. (laughs) All right. Anyway, you know what I'm going to say. You know how this goes by now. That when you have that perfect shit, that perfect poo, and it's just, you know, it's good. It's like this log and it's just the best thing you've ever seen. That is a green heart day in my household. And I wish you a green heart day.